hello, 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 and welcome to this extra special review episode of uh, the Imaginary Movie Podcast. Uh, my name's David, and uh, I'm joined by... Sam, hello. Sam. And we are doing a review of the third season of Sex Education, uh, the British sort of, um, what's the word, sitcom, I suppose? Yeah, like, it's, yeah, uh, uh, dra- dramedy? Would you the call British it a dramedy? dramedy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, actually on the face of it, about teenagers at school, which has been done eight billion times before. Uh, anyway, season three has just come out. So right off the top, before anyone listens, and no one's listened to this, but before anyone listens to any of this, <laughs> we will be spoiling not only the entire season three, but also seasons one or two. So if you don't want any of that spoiled, and, turn this and, fucking uh, podcast off. Go back probably, to wherever you came from. Uh-huh. And probably several other movies and TV shows un- entirely unrelated to this and will also just spoil as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm going to talk through the plot of The Godfather about halfway through this. <laughs> um, just try to keep it fresh in my mind. Darth Vader's Luke Skywalker's dad. Uh. <laughs> Sam, I don't think anyone on the entire planet, apart from uncontacted <laughs> tribes in Papua New Guinea, <laughs> are, aren't aware of that fact. And even then, it's all the same. It's all the same stories, isn't it? So they absolutely, probably, yeah. So sex so education, season three of sex education. Sam. Yes, yes. I can't wait to talk about this because it came I out like four days ago, and then we've watched all of it. Devoured, devoured, and I love this show. I loved the first season. I loved the second season, and I pretty much loved the th- the, the third season as well. Uh, this is this is a TV show that I'm just excited to talk about because it's it's just like it's so unique, it's so it's so um, singular in its vision, in its in its um, like approach to the stories that it's telling. That I just I haven't seen anything like this, and it would it, you know it remains one of my strongest recommends for for a TV show to watch because it's just so so damn good. It's um, surprising, actually, because I didn't watch this when it first first came out. Because um, you'd been, I said this a lot, but you'd been harping on about it. Um, Harping—that's the word, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's a right nag. Um, <laughs> so you've been harping on about this for ages, Dave, and Dave. I hadn't watched it largely because there's this perception that it was like a. I'm a man in my thirties, and like generally, a you teen know, show. I watch. No, because I watch so much teen movies oh, right, and teen shows. Enough, yeah. Like you wouldn't think that would put me off, but just because I was aware of it, but I was like, eh. And you watched it and said it was really good, and I watched it and binged like the first two seasons faster than you could think, because it's. Do you know what it is? It's surprisingly like thoughtful. It has a lot of commentary on like gender politics, on sexual politics, on you know sexual identity and gender identity. I think that like. I can't think of a show or a film that has maybe been as inclusive and as not necessarily true to life, but as um, what's the word about as positive about all of this stuff. Yeah, like this it's, is it's, a TV show about like you should be yourself and that's fine and like yeah. you know it's all wonderful and like, but in again in a very funny way that makes it also quite a fun watchable well-constructed tv show as well and as horny as well and like oh yeah sexual, brewing in in which is which is just very entertaining because it's but mostly because it, mostly what i like sam because it's not because like it's sexy awkward. hollywood it's not sexy hollywood sex yes. it's like elbowy teenager sex exactly so i i think this is one of those tv shows that if i had um uh, older kids 
you know, maybe who, who were teenagers themselves. You would not I, I subject would, them to watching this with you, would you? Not with me, but I, but I would. <laughs> I would, I would be finding just imagine ways. Imagine you sat there and then being like, "Do you ever do that when you were a kid? Like something raunchy came on the TV, and oh, your parents were there, and you were like, i 'I'm gonna, I'm die. gonna have to leave the I'm room. Gonna I'm, gonna, I'm going, I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. I can't cope. We watched American Pie with my mum. It was the most excruciating two hours <laughs> of my Christ. entire life. I don't know how it happened. I don't know why you, how you're still here. I'm giving you away. So what I was going to say though is that I think it's one of those shows. I, if I was, you know, if I'd watched this. And I'm a fucking straight white guy, so I, I have no problems at all. But it, it, I think it's the, the inclusivity of this and how open and how broad arranging and friendly you know, the, the, the people and the circumstances and the identities that we get to see in this. I would be saying to a, teen, to a teenager, watch this show because because it, it it's so positive and I think it's so galvanizing in terms of like, if you're a weirdo who's into alien porn, that's fine. Like as a character in this show is, then that's great. That's a that's awesome. And there are people out there who are willing to accept. Not everyone is, and you have to deal with the fact that you have to have the social skills to know where it's not appropriate. But there are people like you. You are not alone. And I think that is such a such a positive message because I'm it you know being normalizes. a kid, be, being a being a nerdy kid, like you didn't. I didn't fit in with other, uh, other, Probably other all kids that alien porn you were talking about all the time, Sam. I know, but they just they wouldn't. They, did, they couldn't appreciate it, Dave. Uh, <laughs> so I think it's such a, that that positivity. I I just love. I just love. It makes me feel really happy and warm. And 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 then, as as the series progresses, we just kind of get more of that. And and they they open it up a little bit more. And 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 we just get to enjoy all these different niches of life that i don't have any access to because no totally you know, you know. we should say uh we're not gonna just go through the first two seasons i don't think because who has the <laughs> episode one no let's I talk can, about season three we can three. presume that everyone's kind of like caught up so we're not going to go and delve into backstories we're probably going to talk about how great Gillian anderson is for about 45 minutes just let's go now let's um, go now yeah so uh let's talk about this season and what Gillian anderson is doing in this season um, so she's pregnant, obviously. Um, I can't remember. Do we find that out the last of the end of the last season? I think we do. I think we do. I think we. Uh, it's been right, so long since I watched it. Season two, because we've got this, we've got this this relationship with Gillian um, Anderson uh, character Jean, Jean, an incredibly Milburn. incredibly sexy Swedish man. Yes, uh, I'm looking for his name. Michael uh, Michael Piersbrandt uh, plays Jacob. <laughs> Now this is a funny thing for me in terms of let's Jacob, go. You know, by the way, Yak. Sorry, excuse me, Jakob. Jakob. Um, so this is a show about those teenagers, and like it's really funny when Jakob turns up. I think in maybe end of season one or season two, how like, like he's the character that I most relate to, <laughs> which is ridiculous because yeah. I'm a man in my thirties who's you know very boring and old and children and married and all that stuff. I just so, think it's an age thing, Sam, where, like, even if you're 25, a teenager may as well be 20 years younger than you. And that kind of continues. Like, well, that, no, I don't we're, know. we're in I our early know. 30s now, Sam, and somebody who's 18 is a child. And I don't mean that in, like, a dismissive way or anything. I just think that... I think Someone you're 20s, who's 25, and you're early, though. Being a teenager and your early 20s is so formative that, like... And I'm not saying 18-year-olds aren't grown-ups, but, like... 
Yeah, you know, know they? their brains are I, still developing. I find it literally. much, much easier to have a conversation with someone who is, no, not joking, 70 years old. I have more in common with a 70-year-old now <laughs> than I do with a teenager. And I genuinely, and that is everything between as well. So, like, it's all trending upwards. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that and that's the difference. That's and that I think when I when I kind of when I actualized this and realized that he's he's the character that I most relate to because he's kind of like he's fairly stable. He's kind of got his shit together generally, and we we get to see a little bit of that deteriorating in in, in season three. Um, but anyway, the point was that Gene that that Gillian Anderson is absolutely amazing is absolutely amazing and their she is, relationship she is the anchor of this tv show i think i mean is she just not i i i don't i don't think we've seen a performance in tv of a you know of a character who who is just so believable so um Forward. so well cons- well, it is yeah but so well considered in all the choices that she makes about her performance and the way that she talks like a therapist all the time, and I can, I can, I can feel Otis's frustration in how uh, stop like, therapizing me, mum. Like <laughs> stop, stop therapizing me, mum. I just want to have a conversation. <laughs> you know, it's very common for people to. I don't fucking want to hear about how common it is to. You know, so all of these things, and I think in season three, we get to see her kind of. We get to see that raking a little bit, don't we? we? Get to see her really get being pushed to the edge of what she can cope with because she's pregnant. Things with Jacob aren't great, you know. We get to see him, as I said, his his stability isn't necessarily there as much because they're thrust into this situation. Well, again, where they've got like it's a together. good characterization, Sam, and I think maybe this season more than any of the previous ones for Jacob, like everyone's a character, everyone's a person with their own like wants and needs and desires, and like histories and i think it's a real testament to the writing of this tv show that i'm tr- most most of the characters maybe some of the new ones they introduced for this season and we'll get into that maybe don't get the same sort of uh, treatment but like most of the characters in this are incredibly three-dimensional like nobody is a 2d sort of rendering everyone has like very human responses to things and Jakob, obviously like his relationship with Jean is, you know, they split up because she kissed her ex-husband. She's pregnant. He, at some point, he's like, the frustrations come out and he's like, well, is it even mine? And so there's that distrust and we find out it's because his previous wife had cheated on him and it's just kind of like it all... And again, it all leads to this very believable, like, dynamic between the two of them. And maybe this is a good conversation to start with because they're maybe the most insular characters in this TV show, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but because because they've they don't have you know they're not as hormone <laughs> infused. Well, they're not, at, they're, not teen, they're not at the school, and uh, maybe the groffs are maybe like again like the adults in this TV show are, are a bit cut off from everyone else, but in a good way I think because it kind of like adds more a more rounded nature to the TV show where it's not just like. The parents are there to drive people around and like be parents. They are yeah. characters, and it's nice to have that. Um, even if the main event is these teenagers throwing shit out of bus windows, <laughs> brilliant! That got such so, a laugh out of me, and it shouldn't have done. So fun, such a so, lazy joke. We're, we're not gonna, we're not gonna rip through. You know, this is a bit of a whistle stop tour, I think, through this TV show. But um, I would like to talk about where Otis is at because in season, at the end of season two. 
he phones Maeve, doesn't he? And then leaves a message which is deleted um, by uh, Christ. What the hell's his name as well? I can't think of names. Guy in the wheelchair. Um, oh, Neil. Come on, Lance. Devlin. Neil. Devlin. Is that his name? That Absolutely name? not. That's the name I just made up. Um, I keep talking. Liam? I'll find it. Liam, maybe? Uh, I don't know. This, anyway, this... anyway, so like, it leaves a message. and that. And it, do you know what? Actually, this is probably my least, not least favourite, because I didn't dislike it, but like the the plot in this series that I'm least interested in. I am far more interested in all these little stories we're telling about other characters. And honestly, for me, the most interesting arc in the entire series is Adam Groff. Uh, yes, Absolutely. Because Otis, like, for all that... He kind of serves in the first two seasons and somewhat in this as well. That's kind of like a sounding board for all the other characters in a lot of ways. And kind of like this focal point of of kind of, like, helping people with their issues. Um, but characters like Adam, like, has is an incredibly complex character. He's dealing with quite a lot. And we get to see that during this series. Maybe as a little bit of a sideshow sometimes to the other stuff that's going on. Um, no, I, I I think you're right. I think it works really well, and I think there's it, it's it's maybe a little bit of a uh, it's it's a bit of a confusion I had as to what they were doing with Otis. So is like he he very much chooses not to be the 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 in school therapist therapist in this, and instead it, it's kind of really put in the backbone. He says, "Not my responsibility." And kind of the conclusion of the series is that he ends up realizing that that's what he needs to do. He, he really loves it, and that's the career that presumably he's gonna pursue you know it, it, just like his mom and so i totally agree with you i love the development of adam groff's character especially because he started off as the bully he started off as a real antagonist you know being really aggressive and horrible to eric um, you know go around just generally not being very nice to anyone and then we get to see we get to see why we get to see because his dad is uh cold and emotionless and not affectionate in any way in 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 the in the second season i think and that there's obviously this repressed sexuality because of that in season three we get to see that mr groff had the same thing with his dad who was horrible and bullied him and his brother picked on him too so that he wouldn't get bullied by his dad so there's like in terms of like the, a, a richness uh, of of character development, I don't think there's much out there that that hits this. That's as, Do you know what it is, Sam? It, it's not realistic as such, but it's there aren't any bad people. And obviously there are, but like um, Michael Groff, the, the headmaster, is kind of like the antagonist for the first two seasons of this, and and so it's really nice to not have him just be written off the show. And to kind of you get really like, like him, you really you're and, rooting for him, aren't you? In season three, and you do that, and I think that like there, there's a lot of characters in that. Adam obviously is the same of like you don't like him to begin with. The popular kids, you don't like them, but the more you learn about them, the more you learn about you know. And the, the, this show does a fantastic job of making you care about all of these people, even for all of their flaws and like problems. Like you care about them because they're humanized, and like, and the show so competently like shows how guess what everyone has these insecurities and it's presenting it in a teenage way which makes it i think a little bit easier to do than maybe how 
adults emote and deal with emotions and things like that. Like, but it's kind of fascinating. Like the Ruby character, for instance, like we meet her dad and we learn a bit about her and then like we really care about this character who we probably hated at the end of the last season. Who is she's dick. She she's the queen bitch, isn't she? In in yeah. the in the first in the first season, certainly, and then we get to understand her a little bit more, but she's still not very nice. So you her being that relationship with Otis and then the, as they kind of, you know, she puts down her barriers a little bit, they're in a relationship. She, you know, you get to see the home life, which is not necessarily that easy for her. And, and so there's all these things that are like are wrapped up. I think you're exactly right in terms of that depth of character. And, I, and again, I say, like, I, I can't name another TV show that's managing to hit in three seasons of ten episodes, eight episodes each, even I think it's only eight, isn't it? The the the, the sheer amount of content that we get, and the sheer amount of, um, uh, of of compelling, well written storylines that that arc beautifully and end up in the right place, you know, almost to a T. There's one exception in this season three, which we can come to in a minute. Um. I just think it's is wonderful. It's wonderful. It's singular. And it's a singular TV show. It really is. Um, we've we talked. Um, we haven't done a podcast on this before, actually. I think because I think I don't think Ross and Joe have watched it um, at all. But like, you don't really. The one thing I would say about season three is you maybe lose some of that stylistic stuff. Not necessarily massively to its detriment, but it's maybe a little bit more bursting at the seams. There's a lot going on in this, whereas you were telling a much simpler story in season one and two. For instance, I think they drop a lot of the... Season one, especially, was very much like a, this This series kind of takes place outside of space and time. Like, it's Britain, but it's very American, and it's modern, but it's also very, like, 70s or 80s. And, like, maybe we've moved away from that a little bit, and it's a bit more like this takes place in our universe. There's... There's but, there's texting on the screen, isn't there? You know, little speech, yeah. bo- little bot. Well, and that's that. That gets to my most my my favorite my most favorite thing about this TV show. The absolute best thing about this TV show is the production design. And hats off to you, who who whoever has worked so hard, especially in the first. I think maybe in the first episode of season one. It maybe even extends into the second or or third. You have no idea what what time it is, you know what what year it is, and because of how everyone dresses, the cars. Um, I think eventually someone has plays, you know, someone gets out their phone and is using their phone for something, a mobile phone, and so that's the only point where you go, oh shit, they've got smartphones. All right, fine. I I I'm, and I, I love that. I love that. I love the American feel of the school. You know, like it, it feels very much like uh, the, the 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 kind of John Hughes tropes, which I think was intentional oh, as well. Oh, that is a homage. fantastic mention, Sam, because this is a John Hughes set as well. Like the house that Otis lives in, and the school set, and and kind of everywhere they are is very like. What's the town in John Hughes? The made up. There's a made up uh, made up town that all John Hughes films take place in, and this is kind oh, of I like. Don't know. The, it's the this is the British answer to that, um, yeah. and it is and, kind of fascinating. And a massive mention to the one of one of the one of the best characters in the whole um, show, which is the uh, Hills of Wales, <laughs> because it's it's all it, it, uh, set in the Wye Valley. Now I I'm I grew up in Wales, and I was I straight away was like, 
literally in the first episode of watching this, I said to Nicola, this is set in Wales. Google it right now. I guarantee <laughs> you this was shot in Wales. Look at it. Because it is it's just it's just perfect. It's perfect. And the scenery that this provides, like it's, it, again, it makes it feel otherworldly. You know, you've got the mist through the valley yeah. and they've got these lovely helicopter or drone shots. All of this is just perfect. And I think season three, you're totally right though. That it kind of drops a little bit. Of that it's less interested in that. I think, and I think that's part of that, good... though, Sam, is they don't have the time for it. Like because there's yeah, so much choice. else going on. Like because yeah. you've got the original characters. You've got we haven't even mentioned Eric, um, Otis's best friend. Love Eric, really Maeve, and Eric has a a, a a good. And again, us being two cis white guys, like obviously, what it's very hard to comment on the portrayal of gay and uh, lgbtq plus people um and especially in this season we get with there's two characters who are i think the word is androgynous um and again i don't i'm an idiot so i don't know anything so apologies if i'm insensitive at all but it's nice to have that inclusion as well and i'd be interested to know yeah non-binary i think is is how they is how i'm just i think androgynous is the term one of them uses in this um but yeah yeah, non-binary people and people members of the lgbtq plus um, sort of community, it's nice to have that representation. I'd be interested to speak to somebody who's maybe a bit more authoritative about that. Um, but unfortunately, like <laughs> we all surround ourselves with people like us and therefore... Two white guys know. of the podcast, obviously. Well, four white really guys know. of the podcast, Sam. So <laughs> what we've done is we're, that we are four straight white men with a podcast. Um, the town, by the way, it's, it's come back to me, uh, the John Hughes town is called Shermit, Illinois. And all of his movies take place in it, but it does not exist. It does um, not exist, yeah. So, like... And it feels like that, doesn't it, in this, where you've got yeah. this Moordale, you know, which is the, the whole kind of... And, and it's, there's, a, you know, there's a, there's a TV station, there's a radio station, there's all these things that apparatus... They've got an abortion clinic, and they've got, like, a caravan park, and a bowling alley, and seemingly that's it. Um, yeah. And it's kind but of it like a... it all feels so contained, though, doesn't it? It all feels like... A, like an 80s um, they never they where... never go to the big city this isn't like um i'm trying to think of other teen shows like the in-betweeners takes place in a you know basically unnamed borough yeah. of london essentially and they yeah. go to london and it kind of maybe detracts from the show whereas this is like i'm going to talk about the simpsons like the simpsons if they need a harbour they'd have a harbour if they need a fish and chip shop it'll have a fish and chip shop you know, if they need a mountain, it's got a mountain. If they need an old mine, it's got an old mine, no problem. And there's kind of like this utilitarian way that this place exists, but is vague enough that they can kind of do whatever they like, either whatever they need to do to make it work, if that makes sense. Not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just um, so in in terms of in terms of things that I think are a misstep in season three, though, I think there is quite a substantial problem with this compared to yep yep what let's get into this now because what on earth is going on here with this character now we we season two we get the sex school stuff they have the big play at the end which is totally nuts in season two the ending of season two is weird and off the the ending of season two sam to me feels like they didn't think there was going to be any more of this no and they're just like fuck it we'll spend we'll spend 30 grand on getting this whole place and we'll have penises everywhere. Everything looks like a cock. Everything looks like a cock. Brilliant. Great fun. Great fun. And so the the kind of, the idea is that there's this um, 
uh, backlash to this. They talk about this like it's like it's a private school, basically these private investors. They talk about investors. Which, again, it's so weird to to us in, in you know in the, in the public in the uh, the the state school system, you know, compared to. But anyway, and so they bring in this head teacher now. Like it, what you want though is a you want Miss Trunchbull. You want a totally an utterly unlikable character. And the first thing she does is she comes in swinging a microphone around, basically saying, hi, my name's Call Me Hope. And she sits on the stage and she's like, friendly and nice and I'm engaging. I used to go to Moordale too and and I'm here to, yeah, we've got our issues, but we can do this. We can all come around and everyone likes it and it's great. And I think this is a massive, massive problem because as the series progresses... We kind of need to hate her for for all of the things that she does uh, to make sense and for the her defeat at the end to be satisfying. And I don't understand. I really don't understand the writing mindset that got them to this point. She is. And I'm honestly, you know how we do this on the podcast where I wasn't sure what I was going to say until four seconds ago. She is Dolores <laughs> Umbridge. I don't know if you've seen all the Harry Potter films. Um, yes. But yeah, in the, yeah, the yeah. fifth the fifth one of those this new headmaster comes in and do you remember and i've read the books but she has all these edicts like these there will be no clubs you know there will be none of this and the hope character in this feels really like that and that is a series of children's books this is not on that level and this character needs to be either more developed or it needs she needs to be more extreme so like because she comes in and she's, you know, oh, she's young and she's hip, and I've never sounded older in my life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, but she's, she's dancing on the state, and it's like oh, she's young and she's like, that. I'm cool. I'm not like I'm not that crusty old dean, Mister Mister Groff. <laughs> you know, like, and there is this sort of rejection of that. She and wants to play hacky sack. <laughs> she wants to play hacky sack and like jam on the quad, um, <laughs> and like be the bass player and the pretenders, but. For exactly one fucking episode, and then she becomes fucking Stalin, and it's it's a real problem, Sam. Of like, we talk, we've just talked about how all of these characters doing things are so believable and well explained, and these emotional responses that are phenomenally well crafted and thought out and acted by a very very competent cast across the board, and then they fucking use a crowbar to jam this character from Harry Potter in, who's going to come in and like. Ah! you're gonna wear uniforms and there's a simpsons episode about this (laughs) yeah but you're right you're right except how much do you hate dolores in that's what i'm saying sam Uh, they're trying to go for that likability that they have in the rest of the show and obviously they've cast somebody who is quite likable and actually by the end of the season you do kind of feel for this character not really because it feels a bit no, it's it, but she it's needs not to be want, the though. bad guy. You can bring yeah. her back next season and fucking redeem her. That's fine, but you need an antagonist. Have, her, have like just like Miss Trunchbull and Matilda, right? Have her at the end of the movie covered in slime and the kids throwing food at her. That's can what we I start want. sliming people again. It feels like <laughs> after the nineties, we stopped sliming get your own people. Back. Can we get your we own had nine eleven. We had the financial crash. Then we had COVID and another financial crash. The oil crisis. The Middle East. Can we start sliming people again? Because we've really gone astray, society. <laughs> Where's our slime? So I, I, I just, I think it's. But honestly, I honestly do think it is a. 
it is a very close to being a fatal issue with this with this series. Now I I really enjoyed it. I loved all the stuff with Eric. I loved the representation of that, and I loved how the you know how difficult it is for him and Adam to come together. Uh, going to France was hilarious, really funny. Amy's exploration with with um, she's low Jillian. key like that actor's going places because I think she, she won a BAFTA. Is, she won a BAFTA, by the way, and she this, deserves it. This is a, this was her first thing she's ever been in her screen debut. She won a BAFTA, so she is fucking great. So all of these things, all of these things, and there are a lot, as you say, it's crammed in there. But the main thread, this is the fundamental problem I have with this. The main thread is this Hope character running through it. And the show totally gets it wrong because, number one, I need her to be trunchable. Number two, if you're going to make her likable, you cannot get her to do the things that she does. She makes um, she, she, she makes them wear signs she makes them these characters walk around with signs on which are so degrading so demeaning and i think it kind of breaks the show a little bit because number one totally does sam like you can have the play at the end of the last season where you can have the cock and vagina play and that's fine i'm okay with that because that is not something i don't believe however when she puts the signs on these people in the assembly and like she puts the sign on, and also like I can't, I can't remember the character's name, the um, the non-binary um, Kel. Kel. Uh, Kel. When she puts Kel. the sign on, Kel, Kel, like <laughs> just Kel, it's just Kel, C A L. Oh right, well you said it like Kel anyway, Kel. <laughs> um, that's more more of a audio issue between me and Sam there. Um, <laughs> when this puts the sign on this character, this is kind of like. All right, okay. Adam Croft, as far as you know, threw a human <laughs> turd out of a shit. bus window and hit another car. Okay, maybe he's and he doesn't seem that bothered. Some kind of cruel and unusual <laughs> punishment. I can maybe buy that. I really can. Okay, don't fling right? shit. Yeah, yeah. We aren't monkeys. Don't fling shit. Maybe, <laughs> maybe this character who last year got his cock out at a school dinner table. And yeah. got expelled, and all of these th- other things that he's done. Maybe who was the other one? Maybe this character might respond to some kind of punishment where you need to shame him. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can kind of see how you could connect the dots on that one. Flinging human <laughs> shit out of a bus again, like maybe. But who, right? who was the but other one though? It was the, uh, the I can't remember the character name. It's the alien girl. Um, the oh, girl the alien. Likes, yes, yeah. And she's written erotica and published it in the school newspaper now you shouldn't shame someone for that i can maybe understand why as an administrator you can't not have, an appropriate thing you to can't do have a school play. newspaper publishing erotica you just can't have it i get but what, that. You're, but what but you're coming to i'm coming down coming to, to is you cannot you cannot as an administration that on the face of it supports people of marginalized genders and sexualities you cannot have 
this absolute hate crime happening <laughs> in your school assembly. And that's what it is. And that's how the show portrays it. And you can't fucking have it because that <laughs> makes this character worse than Hitler. Like, it really does make this Hope character. Like, yes, making Adam Groff embarrassed for flinging shit at a French ca- a car full of French people is one thing. <laughs> like, you know, because that's a crime that's being committed, like an it's... actual crime that nearly caused an accident. But you can't actually have this character committing hate crimes and then tell me at the end that she's somehow likable because that's not how television works and that's not how reality works. If you're a Nazi, it's you're the... a Nazi and you can atone for that, but you can't atone for it by going, but I really want a baby. But you committed a hate crime minutes ago. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit of a rant, but I feel no, very strongly about this. No, you're exactly right because it, it's the point where she becomes irredeemable. You cannot, you you just you just don't like her. You just don't like it. You want her to fail, and and so I think that it, they introduce this thing about her getting pregnant. That's obviously really hard, but it does feel to me a little bit like they're like, oh, let's hit an issue. We want to hit an issue this episode, so let's have struggling to have a baby as an issue which is very difficult and and is something to be, be explored but then as you say she commits you know this hate crime and i think you're exactly right to call it that and i just don't understand i just don't understand i'd really honestly i would really love to have an open conversation with things that laurie nunn just so i can understand what they were thinking because i just i can't connect with it whereas most of the time you go all right, you were trying this, but you got it wrong, and it's shit. <laughs> Fine. Whereas in this, I'm like, I don't know what you were trying, and it's shit. I'm not but sure I don't, if I don't some of it, it is a reflection of maybe the trouble they've had of filming with COVID and things, and like, that probably a lot of this was filmed, and then maybe they kind of, I think, sat down and said, we need to have a bigger bad in this series, and like, I don't necessarily think you do, but they obviously decided that they needed this more unifying theme because, and this is why so much TV falls down. This is, again, they're going to turn into an hour-long episode, Sam. But like, this is where so much <laughs> TV in. falls down is like because the end of season two was so bombastic, especially compared to the end of season one, so bombastic and loud and like, you know, so that they have to ramp it up. And I don't necessarily think they do. I don't think we do have to constantly be surpassing the the achievements that we've already ha- done. Do you know what I mean? I don't think we have to constantly be ramping up the anxiety and the sexuality and the the weirdness of this. Um, but they obviously feel they do. So they felt like they needed to have this like literal like um, you know well, school rebellion at the end. It's of It's not just season. this, though, is it? And to earn it- that, Sam, to earn that rebellion, they have to have hope be this horrible Nazi of a character, so that they can have this like outpouring but we already had that at the end of the last season like fucking think of something better yeah um i i i don't mind though again but just make make her totally unlikable having everything exactly the same just make her on her and that's the that's the emotion i'm, I'm intending to well, feel I think, I think you need to write her, because, write her better sam because it's not there's not the only um occasion though there's also the thing where she's she basically has this um the, the abstinence stuff you know, which and it's like it's, it feels like she should be some religious fundamentalist, and that's what they should. Let's write have a poke at Christianity, shall we? Let's have a poke <laughs> at Christians. Can we please? Um, again, if you're somehow still listening to this and you don't get that we are relatively left wing and totally, totally, rabidly. Anti- 
rabidly and totally anti-organized religion or just any religion honestly like we're all gonna die and that's it and it's fine um but getting away from that you are right sam if you have this person this character hope if you have her like and you can even maybe have like it coming from a good place but you maybe need to spend a bit more time developing this character explain why she personally feels that abstinence is right because that's kind of at odds with her decision to like go through IVF with presumably that, you know, the husband's absent or whatever, like, you maybe need to explain why she's doing the things she's doing. So, right, she comes in, she wants to be nice, she's a nice, pleasant individual, however she has these beliefs. Ah, all these teenagers are fucking, we can't have chlamydia school, we can't have that. Not unreasonable for a school to say, we don't want this reputation anymore. Exactly. So you bring in, you bring in this person who's renowned for being quite a right-wing you know, uh, fundamentalist. And so you have it basically be like, we're going to bring, you know, religion into the school and we're going to like try and, and then what you can have it kicking back at is actually like, this is a very outdated way of approaching these things. And you can have Otis and his friends maybe organize and a little bit more than they do where he basically all turn up at the end and they're like, ah, this isn't okay. Down with this. We don't like this kind of thing. Sort of, attitude they have instead of having that you can have like otis being like actually this woman is spent spreading harmful misinformation that's what gets him back into like helping people and giving advice rather than the kind of very sloppy way the season wraps up where they again feel the need to have the the mave otis storyline is perhaps the most tropey unnecessary point part of this series that they spend so much time on let 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 them be separate i think it's much more satisfying if you just say no, they're not a couple anymore, and we're going to subvert your expectations of that from they the beginning. They can subvert it, Sam, by having it being, they're still not going to be a couple, but they cannot be a couple and have feelings for each other. Just like millions of other people in yeah. the world. They yeah. can maybe subvert it that way, but they don't, and they kind of go for the lower-hanging fruit. But yeah. you are right. Like It's just, there needs to be something. There needs to be something, Even- either, either have a unifying thing and have your bombastic rebellion at the end, or don't, yeah. you know? And I think it's even, either a series of stories about these characters we already know and like, or you have to have something bigger. And I think even if you, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure necessarily the best way of doing. It, I think, but your suggestions there make sense. But it's just, it's just a really odd choice from that character, and especially because it is such a central point of the show, you know. And and so, what we also lose out upon, on, I think, as you said before, it's crammed full of stuff. I think maybe there would have been more time to explore some of the other um, storylines, like even the non-binary stuff, we don't really get a lot of... We don't really get much from like their perspectives. We get a few scenes, um, the, the, the two characters, and at the end, we kind of get to see them connecting and saying, you know, Cal's teaching the, 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 other, the other person how to, uh, to, to, you know, to, to kind of dress, and, and, and these are the things you can do. This is... Like that's really it's it's really nice and positive again. We get to see the positivity of that, not just. It's also something I'm not very familiar with. Like, and so it's, it's interesting, interesting isn't it? Yeah. And I maybe think that part of that, and obviously, like part of that comes from the fact that the creator had like a huge input in the in the kind of you know where the first season, the second season's sort of nugget of truth. We talk about this a lot. The nugget of truth is something comes from, mm-hmm. and maybe this season three, you maybe needed to like if you were going to pursue that. You kind of maybe need to get someone else on board who has a bit more experience and maybe like a, a firmer voice from that direction. And that's part of probably why, in some ways, it feels 
and again, I, I'm trying to dance around this, but it feels a bit like tokenism having these non-binary characters in here because we have them in here. But we don't really, like you said, we don't really get to hear their voice very much. It is the antagonism of them, isn't it, by the authority that is the They're, they're, the they're there. Like you said, they are there to antagonise Hope. And yeah. like, and that maybe is something that could have handled them bit better yeah. i will say though i still enjoyed this season well i i yeah no totally one one more thing that that i didn't like i think there's also th- throughout the they also seem to have like issues per episode and there's lots of speeches from otis sometimes <laughs> and from gene sometimes yeah the tropiest saying, trope that ever troped it's okay to be gay and there's all and uh, but we've and done again, that. We've done that before. I like that. I think it's good. It just feels like dotted through this. There's just they they kind of lean on that a little bit too much in in a in a way that's positive and it's good. I know, but it just it, I kind of take it out a little bit every now and again to say because it's like yeah we know that it's okay. You know we're, we're we're three seasons into this show. If you're if you're invested in that's a message. Yeah, that nobody's before, watched two and a half seasons of Sex Education. And being like, as rampant rampant homophobes, yeah, exactly. Or watching it and thinking, oh, I don't know if she can be with him because he's disabled, or oh, I don't know about these non-binary people, or oh, it's a queer relationship. Like nobody's gotten to that point without an open mind, and I think maybe the show is still coming at it from that not combative, combative view of like maybe. And I agree, and I've read some reviews as well that season three is perhaps like some of the things that made the first two seasons, and the first season especially, so special, have maybe gone, um, yeah. you know? But not that this season is bad, and I think it's still no, well-written, it's, it's still funny, and it's still very well-performed and pretty well-produced. I just I really struggle to know where they're going to go from here. No, and they should stop. That's what they should do. They should stop. They should say, or, you know, bring it back for an hour and a half special or something ring, like that. Ring. Oh, it's for you, Sam. Uh, it's money. Money's calling. Um, and he wants a word about how, well, like, why things are made. Let, let, but let's talk about the Netflix of all this as well, because that's the biggest thing. And that's one of the, I think this is, I think this is, as much as, you know, there's not uh, traditional network TV and, and in the UK, BBC, ITV, etc. They're producing good stuff. Don't get me wrong. But this is why Netflix is so damn good at what they're doing, because this is this is a a show that is hugely culturally culturally significant. That's doing different things, breaking ground, pushing the boundary of what's acceptable and what's. And Netflix just drove a truck full of money, and they just put money into it. Whereas the network, Sam, like they might have cancelled this halfway through its first season because yes. because the, of these the helicopter same shots reasons that make in the Y Valley are not cheap so it's you know, really like, expensive to even get people to wales if i wanted to go to <laughs> wales right now it would take me eight hours there's one motorway <laughs> exactly there are four roads in wales and like three mule tracks and that is it so like yeah, um, yeah. but it, you are right and it's kind of like the double-edged sword that is netflix which is that it allows shows like this to exist and we should say a lot of bad to mediocre shows as well <laughs> Um, Many of which you can uh, listen about in previous previous episodes episodes of Um, this podcast. Like it allows this series like this to exist and to get the money that they need, and also the creative freedom because Netflix isn't Disney and they don't have a set of rules that say you can't say this, you can't do that. We don't support this, and I'm not saying that Netflix doesn't obviously have a secret set of rules, but 
but but no opening montage no opening one minute 40 second montage of people just just at it like banging rabbits. yeah, yeah. wanking we, i love really we loved were... season two is the masturbation montage isn't it yeah, where otis right. is wanking in the car in the car park of the supermarket and gets caught and you're like oh yeah being a teenager is really bad we we, we were we, we sat oh brilliant sex, sex, you know sex education's on and we hadn't eaten yet so we sat down and had some dinner and then pressed play and it was like oh this isn't particularly appetizing <laughs> watching all these people like well, I, I watch it. obviously my family haven't watched it um i think because tim tim's my brother tim uh, has got a baby and she's starting to say she's starting to pick up words so he said we can't watch it because the baby's always there <laughs> Makes and sense. like if she's starting to speak we can't have her picking up like every other word is fuck so like he hasn't watched it so i watch it by myself but then my mum will come in or my brother will come in with the baby <laughs> and I'm, I'm just watching what what for all intents and purposes looks like porn like quite a lot of the time um but uh getting back to my point about netflix just briefly is that while netflix allowed this show to exist netflix will also destroy the things that we love that it created because they will continue to put money in and demand that they make more of it until such a time as we don't want any more of it and that means that we've had enough of it which means that the that this will there's a there's a principle and i'm i'm going to coin it the netflix principle or maybe the uh the the tv principle where a show will only end now on in streaming when it has gotten so bad that no one's watching it <laughs> that's very true because that's like the metric, and that is just yeah. the trajectory yeah. of like it's gotten so bad that it's no longer making any money and obviously the way that things have made money is changing and as long as subscribers are watching it they will continue to make it and yeah. then when subscribers aren't watching it it means it's so bad that people aren't watching it when they can watch it when they like, and when they've and, already paid for the service. And and to conclude, uh, you know, conclusive thoughts on on this is that I don't think we're there yet, though, are we? With with this with sex, sex I really really hope they make one more season and they tie up all the loose ends. And it's true to send them all off to college. That's what I want them to do. Send them exactly, all off because they university. must be like in their early forties by now. Yeah, you know the, the actors. Well, it's a classic thing of you know twenty-five to thirty-year-olds playing teenagers. But send them all off. Oh, are we outside them... that bracket, Sam? Could I no longer play a teenager in high school? You haven't been able to do that for ten years. Send, send... <laughs> wow, I think it'll be quite generous there. <laughs> send them all off, you know, and and have us have us conclude. Have have Gene and um, Jacob bringing up this baby. Have them finally free of all these fucking teenagers. You know, tie all the knots off, as you say, and I think just that's what I want from now on. And I don't want, I don't want any more stories about hope. And I'm sorry. And then sorry to the guess actor. what? I'm sorry. You can go away. This, this, the, the, you can go away, and you've got one of the most transformative, important, culturally significant TV shows of all time. Go away and do something else. You've got other ideas, surely. Go away and do that. Great. I'll watch that. It'll be wonderful. Bring all of this. <laughs> bring all of this great stuff and take it somewhere else. With a new set of characters, and don't sully this like quite like I said quite singular TV show. Um, I might watch it again. Who knows? I think I've already yeah. watched the first two seasons at least twice. Yeah, um, no, it's it's great. It's just it's one of the one and of I will things. say, upsettingly, the biggest laugh of this that this TV show got out of me was that shit flying out the window. <laughs> I just wasn't quite expecting it to be quite as visual as it was. For for um, all of the, <laughs> the wipers going for all of the um, for all of the the, the subtle you know uh, construct uh, societal breakdown that we're seeing 
shit flying out a window, that's exactly what gets us. I think that's what our podcast like captures, Sam, is that like we can have we can a talk about intersectional feminism about and exactly and shit but guess, flying out a window. But that can exist at the same time as shit flying out of a window still being funny. Like and I hope that's always funny for me. <laughs> if I get to a point where someone throwing a turd out of social awkwardness, by the way, where someone throwing a turd out of social awkwardness out of a window and hitting a speeding car isn't funny, then there is nothing left to live for. Kill me. Kill me right now. Exactly. Right, um, Dave. We should do more of these of these um season wrap up review shows. Uh, well we Sam need to watch we need to watch more than one episode of something probably the same thing together. Certainly to there's so. uh there's a new season of Picard coming out, I think, later this year. So mm, I would we be could up maybe for that. maybe talk about that because guess what? We'll have some fucking thoughts <laughs> on that too. <laughs> we we weren't we weren't that impressed with the first season. The reanimated um, corpse of Patrick Stewart. <laughs> That'll be good. I look forward to it. And uh, until then, I'm going to... uh... (laughs) I I don't know whether you're going down the shit route here, down the wanking route, the sex montage. Meanwhile, Sam's going to make his very own sex montage. There we go. That's the... There we go. That's the end. Thanks, Dave. Line! (laughs) 